In August of this past year, a friend of mine reached out to let me know that a spiritual medium that she uses to connect with her mother would be in our shore town. So of course I was interested. I looked up the information and broken ankle and all, I hobbled down to the local yoga studio where Elaine Portner was holding her session. I've seen mediums before, but never quite like this. It wasn't private, it was public, but with a small group of around nine to 10 people, all women. And the cool thing was, even though we were all strangers, we all knew we had a common bond. We all knew we were there because we were grieving and we had lost a loved one and we were there to try to connect with them. There were women who had lost children, women who had lost parents, and a sister and best friend duo who were trying to connect with a 40-year-old woman who passed from COVID. Selfishly, I knew my dad would probably come through because he does often. He's quite loud, as you've heard me say before. But I was interested to see how sharp the discussion would be using Elaine's gift. Also, I wanted confirmation that all these signs and messages I get from him aren't just my mind playing tricks on myself. Are they really my dad coming to me? I want to share this clip with you from our recording because he acknowledges this So Sorry for Your Loss podcast, and it's incredible. He says that uh, very grateful for you for keeping his uh, legend alive. He says that he watches you like a hawk. He doesn't want to make you uncomfortable, but he says this is all of your ability to learn and grow. Um, he likes being a teacher, and he says to you, he's teaching you about the afterlife. Yeah. And he says to you that he is still an educator, and he puts his hands on his hips. And he says to you, so are you. So yeah. um, you must be training or training people or something like that. So I'm actually, I, I started a grief and loss podcast since his passing. And so that's why he's saying I'm keeping his legend on because I talk about him a lot. Yes. And I'm educating people on what those of us who are grieving go through. Yes. So I have shows everywhere. It's really good. And he's really um, grateful to you for that. Do you have one question for him? I guess my thing is like every time that I feel like I can hear or feel what he's feeling or thinking or saying, is that really him? Yes. Here's the answer to it. Yes, is the answer. He is the one that's inspiring you. You'll listen back to the messaging and you'll hear all of that connection. And so when you ask him questions, he's going to answer them for you. This is actually giving you the voice of security. And he says sensibility that you actually do know what you're talking about because you're experiencing it. So you of all people, how can you doubt it? Yeah. Bingo. Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. That amazing voice you just heard, Elaine Portner, is here today on the So Sorry for Your Loss podcast. Crazy how this all works out, but then again, it's not really crazy at all, right? Because she tells us that that's life, that's fate, it's all part of the universe and how it works. When I moved to Florida, I was posting about it on my social media. She follows me. She reached out and said that she was also down here and that she was holding a similar session in Marco Island, which is exactly where I am. 
So again, went to this yoga studio, got to see her, brought my mom and a friend, and it was so great to see my loved ones be able to connect with their loved ones through Elaine. Her gift is just beyond, and she's got such a wonderful way that she goes about it too. She's very much about the positives. She's very much about making sure that people get the messages that help them make the leaps that they need in their grief. So how can they get to the next level? How can they have some closure? We have an excellent conversation here today, and a lot of you had submitted questions on social media, so thanks for engaging. You'll see some of your questions answered, and if you have your own questions or want to connect with Elaine, she offers her contact information at the end. Get in touch with her for your own reading. I highly, highly recommend her. She's just wonderful. So thanks for tuning in today, and without further ado, Elaine Portner. Hello. Long time no see, huh? Right. Absolutely. So yeah, just saw you on Saturday. You held an event at a yoga studio here in Marco Island. How often do you do those events, do you think? Well, of course, because of COVID, a lot of those gatherings and events weren't able to take place. And there is nothing like being alive and in front of people and with their soul spirits. Usually I would do probably one a month, whatever, wherever I happen to be. I would try and give back to other yoga studios because I used to own them. So I feel very comfortable in yoga studios. People are Mm open-minded and they're willing to learn and wanting to make the connection. So um, it's just an affinity that I have for, for, you know, personal professional reasons. It's a really cool setting. I think at first, when you think of it, like going in to do something so personal with 10 other people, it seems like, okay, A, why would I want them to hear my personal stuff? And B, Aren't I just going to be so antsy the whole time sitting there listening to their things that I don't really care about? It is so not that way. I mean, I feel like I had more fun listening to everybody else's stories and everybody else's connection and the things that they were finding out and these little crazy tidbits about their loved one that were coming out. It is just so beautiful to sit and watch that. So I'm so glad you feel that way because I know that. And some people get so connected in those medium sessions that they stay in contact with each other because they feel like they just expose the most intimate feelings that they have with strangers, but they're not strangers. And so you're right. And it's conducive in yoga studios because there's always the practice of letting go and to see yourself. But now you're seeing yourself and other people because we're all connected in the, the life changes and that go on. Absolutely. This community is so strong. When you find people that understand what you've gone through and your grief, there's just this like unspoken bond between you. And it is true to sit in a room amongst people that have lost loved ones that care about it enough, that are grieving about it enough to want to seek you out and come to an event like this. Like you do automatically feel a bond with those people. It really is such a cool experience. Thank you. What also happens though, in those moments, right? or the two hours we were together flies like that. Don't, oh, yeah. don't even know it's two hours. And if you said sit on that floor for two hours or sit in that chair, you wouldn't do it. And you uh-huh. would lie. Uh-huh. But it, it's just, it's timeless. And but what's also interesting about it is not sharing some of the same experiences only with the people that are in the groups, people who have passed in your life, your loved ones, but also energetically dealing with the grief is one. Two is that your loved ones see you like nobody else because all of that love still exists, love doesn't die, and that they could give you their best advice. 
And that advice, you may see yourself in receiving that advice because mm-hmm. like I do that too, you know, and some of those similarities continue to evolve because you're all in some of those places, but not everybody's in grieving. Many people are there to spiritually explore what else and what are they doing over there and yes. how can I make them a part of my life? And is that really true? But when you see a group of, let's say, 11 people all having these experiences, mm-hmm. then you're not a skeptic anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a, a a core point of it too. Like, okay, maybe things can happen where you feel like they're very generic details to yourself. Right. But right. when you sit there and you see 10 people have very specific details about things coming out from their loved one, like you can't not believe after that. Right. So it says a lot of multitasking in the exploration of our minds and our bodies. So how did this start for you? How did you discover that you had this gift of connecting with the spiritual world? I always had the psychic sense. This is the quick one too. As a child, I was always exploring, asking questions, and I felt like I was getting my answers from nature from trees, got lost in the forest, the trees helped me find my way. And so I always had this incredibly great connection to to nature, which really is spirit, because it's we're nature, right? Mm -hmm. So I always saw that blend, which is probably why it's easy to understand that I've been vegan my whole life, right? Like, I don't understand the differences, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so moving forward, I normal entered the corporate world and then used my psychic sense there in sales, which is really cool. But that's not really, really me. But then at the same time, meeting everybody that was so corporate, I was having dreams about people that I worked with that I really didn't need to know, but then I would confirm with them, is this true? Is that true? And all of it was always true. So I didn't understand that part of it, right? So then when I came out of the corporate world to have children, three children under two years of age, because I had twins, I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so always teaching physical classes, jazzercise, I go back that far aerobic classes and things like that. Somebody said, oh, you should try and teach yoga. And I thought, well, it's not really for me. I can't sit still. I'm a runner, right? And so what happened is, is that I started to explore the yoga world and the teacher himself was a philosopher. And I thought, wow, I can teach the physical classes. Never thought I could share my philosophies while I'm teaching yoga. And that, Mm -hmm. that just blew my mind. And I said, obviously I like to talk. That's for me. So there were no yoga centers in South Jersey. So I teamed up with another woman who became my business partner and we took on the yoga world early before the trending Mm -hmm. happened. And lots of people were exploring their spirituality and their yoga, learning how to gain peace inside their body. And when I realized that I passed the body and these are first world issues that we're dealing with that people are stressed out about. I got another psychic kit on nine, nine, when we were opening up a yoga studio. And I said, wait a second, I wouldn't normally be dreaming something so tragic. I never had tragic dreams. And I saw nine 11 on nine, nine. Oh my God. So I thought, what is that about? And I thought, well, spirit always answers questions that I have on my mind. And my question was, if I know this about these people in the corporate world, and I know this, and I'm getting all these psychic hits. How much could you know? It was fascinating to me. But then and I that found, was oh, the answer. That's the answer. Oh my goodness. All things that happen to us in life 
are answers to questions that we're asking. Is there more to life? So they're just answers to questions that we have to learn. And so what happened is, is that I began to send energy because we were in New Jersey to New York for first responders and for them to, you know, take care of the tw Twin Towers and things like that. And while I had these meditation groups to send the energy, to raise your frequency, to send good, healthy energy to people, I started to see families around the people that were in the circle meditating. Oh, wow. So when I shut down one end, I opened up another one because I asked the next question, which is a great question for all of us, which is how can I serve right. community, myself, people that have need more, want more. And so I began to be a servant in mm -hmm. the community center, but also the vibration went higher to not dwell in forensic psychic sense. It opened up to the world of connection and bringing families back together again which is what I do. Which is unbelievable. And my biggest question for you, I think is, <laughs> and I'm starting with it right in the beginning. We're getting right into it. <laughs> I mean, can anyone do this? Or, you know, I said it was a gift because it, it very much is. Is it something that, because I feel like, okay, yeah. When the phone rings, I'm like, I know that's my mom. There are certain times right. where she's calling. I know that's her. Can I tap into somebody's loved one that passed away? No, but, but can I? If you have a little bit of that feeling, is there a way to train yourself? Like, can anybody start asking these questions and, and asking the universe to deliver this type of gift to them? Is there something that we can do if we're so interested in connecting? So I'm going to answer your question with the question. Why not? Who are we? I mm -hmm. think I'm really normal. Mm -hmm. And this gift and this psychic ability came from I like to relay it to meditation and clearing myself out for so long to not have even human consumption and the feelings, you know, because when I read people, I, I don't need to feel them because I can't take on all of that. Yeah. Whatever they've got, sadness or whatever. So I kind of train myself to reach to the higher frequencies. Yes, that is true. Can we do that? Is there training that goes along with it? Probably, but no better way to practice than with your own life. And so if you say to somebody, look, you would have a clearer channel if you would deny your own personality or your, or your life and things like that. It's not like you have to go sit and contemplate your life on a mountaintop that doesn't deal with anybody. I actually kind of pretty much found a way to not get overly involved. I'll give you another example. When I realized that the yoga teachers were almost the bridges between religion and spirituality, or they were teaching people how to calm themselves down, mm -hmm. calm their minds down. We all know, especially now with COVID, how quarantining affects us, how all this separation affects us, how alone we feel in it, lo lots of things. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of anxiety more now, right? We're talking yeah, about absolutely, this race, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why you have your podcast, because not a lot of people talk about even grief, right? Yes. So it's probably been a helpful link to so many people. So you're serving your community by that, right? Well, well thank you. What, yeah, for sure. But what I'm also saying is that look how the yoga world took storm, right? Yeah. And right. And so the same thing is happening with our minds and there being mediums who are ushering in the leadership of how you can work with your mind more even if you're learning how to meditate, because more people are meditating now, look at Headspace and Inside Timer, Peloton meditation. Yeah. All of those meditations are so popular 
because we're learning. So we're evolving our consciousness. We're using our mind more. So when you mm. ask me, or is it possible? Yeah, we're, we're moving towards that. Do you really want to know what's happening in somebody else's life? No. Do you want to train your mind to achieve what it is that you want in your life without interruption? Yes. Mm -hmm. So can you gain that guidance? Yeah. Do you want to become a medium? Probably not. Seems really cool, but it's a lot of responsibility if yeah. you make it that way, right? Of course. I don't make it a responsibility. I see it as like, there are so many messages to live deliver. I'm like competitive about it. I want to mm -hmm. get them out. Yeah. So that's all that's happening with like my energy. And I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. I absolutely love your approach to it. When we were together on Saturday after the reading, we had talked and you said, listen, I've spent so much time on the physical and taking care of the body. And I realized the best way to take care of yourself is to take care of your mind. So with that, what is your experience with meditation? And do you have suggestions for someone who is interested in it? For me personally, I can't do it. I, I have to, I need to, to work at it a little bit more. It is one of my resolutions for this year. One of my first experiences with it was probably a few months after my dad passed. And that moment of like really clearing your mind all it did was just bring forward all of the pain and the sadness. Mm. And I just like laid there in my own puddle of tears <laughs> and it was terrible. And I've been so scared to do it again. Was it terrible? I know, right? Or like, did it do the work it needed to do? I know. So the body kind of takes care of itself even while we're sleeping because sometimes we have funny dreams, crazy dreams, connections to our loved ones. Like, um, you're, you know, your body balances itself while sleeping, but you said a number of things that are significant because what you did is that you said, okay, so I'm going to take care of my mind. And then you jumped immediately to meditation thinking that that's the bandaid, but it is for the period of time that you're in meditation, because you would have had other thoughts if you weren't in meditation. So now you're like, it's almost like working out when you're working out, you're moving towards getting healthier or whatever. Uh -huh. Okay. Your heart's beating better. Your clarity of thought, your focus on something else other than yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's really the monkey mind when you're not in meditation. <laughs> yeah. That, right. Mm -hmm. So, so be careful because this, it takes practice. Practice right. is the meditation. Meditation just lets you know what you're putting in. If it's almost like going on a diet and you see what you're doing when you're on the diet, but you also watch what you're doing when you're not on it. Right. And that's, what's really important of okay. how you get your thoughts, how you have your thoughts. And then how beautiful it is when you get a thought that you don't even know where it's coming from, that's when you're really clear. And that's part of channeling in the beginning, right? Because you could say, and like catching a dream that you didn't even know why. And then all you want is to happen again. So think about it that way that sometimes it's even just trying to become a kinder person to other people and to yourself. And so you don't have to continually repeat the thoughts that you have that make you sad because you should just give yourself a time limit on it because you don't really have to stay in the sadness because it's in the past. Mm -hmm. So if you stay in the present, then you're going to be a lot healthier, not digging back into the past, creating a storyline for your biology slash biography. So that's really important too, because that's your body. This mind thing, I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. The more I've you know, really, I feel like I've connected with my mind so much more in the years since my dad passed because I've, I've kind of just had to in order to survive and through therapy and, and through readings and through everything. I mean, it's just been absolutely amazing for I'm gonna you. I'm going to say a quick thing to you. Yes. What if that was the gift they gave you? I totally think it is. 
I, I do, I do think that I've said that in grief groups that I've been in before. And I'd be like, oh, so like what's something positive that happened from your grief? And people are like, what are you possibly saying? Nothing positive happened from this. And I'm like, okay, I'll go first. And you know, I'll say it. And I do, you know, I have a, I have a totally changed relationship with some people in my life for the better. I've pursued this podcast, which is like bringing out a part of me that I've always wanted to tap into. I just didn't know how. And I, I could go on. Would I give that all up for my dad to be back? Like I would, but I am, I'm at a point in my grief where I'm able to see the positives. And I think about it all the time too. I, I think, I think in grief, we have this, this tendency to say, well, everything would be so much better if they were here. You know, we want to put people on a pedestal. There were a lot of issues and I want to say to myself, oh, but it wouldn't be that way if you were still here. Well, it's a um, futile conversation because I mean, it taps us into our feelings, which is important and part of the grieving process, but also you're not in control. Yeah. So why are we trying to control something that we're not really in control of? Yeah. You got to look at that factor about not having greater faith that things happen for a reason. I want to ask you, what do you think your view or what's the best way that you could explain what your view of the afterlife is? Probably the way that I live my life, because I didn't know that expanding into this world until I started reading people or telling people who was around them and all the energy around them, that first of all, I had permission to do that. Um, so I'm a very polite medium. I don't walk around town giving people readings. That's not my gig. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I make it very sincere. Like, is this something that you want? And people mm -hmm. make appointments about it. My perspective on the other side has come through those that are seemingly dead, but they're not dead to me. Mm -hmm. So it's opened up my world to say, well, life is eternal. How cool is that? Yeah. And I've always believed in reincarnation and have my own experiences in it. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So what is this? Is this a stage in life where they're there? Can they be reincarnated and come back? I mean, it's too deep of a discussion to have right now, but I've been just completely open. I know nothing. I know nothing. I forget everything that I've said to people too. Yeah. So for the most part, you know, it doesn't stay with me unless it's really significant. And sometimes it is where they're teaching me about the other side, which I really like, but mm -hmm. it's one person's perspective. Mm -hmm. One do soul's you, perspective. Do you feel that your own perception of grief is now completely different? Like when you lose somebody in your life, do you not grieve maybe the way that we all do because you, you are so embedded into that spiritual world or that it's been so in you now that that love is eternal and life is eternal and you will see them or you can connect with them? Yeah, it's fair game um, question. Um, actually, my mother did just pass um, oh. uh, November 15th in between oh, my wow. daughter and son's birthday. And then my birthday was the next day. So I look at oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Was, right. And, um, you know, I understand that she was older. She lived a good life. Um, but I do know that I have a lot of strong capability to understand uh, death. And, um, and I miss my mom. We yeah. talk every day at 730. And I coached her to say, I love you, because she was from a generation that never said that. Uh -huh. And so then she got coached into doing that. And obviously, because of COVID, um, now the times that we're living in, I wasn't able to see her for a couple of days. She, our last words, her last words were to me, I love you, because we were oh talking about Oh my gosh. Oh. So I that's was like, beautiful. wow, that's kind of interesting and a good yeah. story. 
But, you know, I really miss her just like everybody. So what happens is what I've learned is that those that I've lost, and I have lost significant people in my life, that I can change the relationship that I had with them while I was here, which Mm -hmm. is something I didn't know about probably 20 years ago, which makes me very encouraged to continue conversations, even with my relatives, and also that they become my best guides in helping me help others. Yeah. So I put them to work. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that kind of happened in the session that we had um, on Saturday. There was a woman there whose mother had been gone, I think, for a few years. But you relayed to her that your mother is saying, I love you. And she wants you to know that because that's not something you heard very often. And I think in that moment, like the whole room was in goosebumps and tears and there were tissues being passed around. Like it was a very powerful moment. Real quick, I want to mention Rent the Runway. You guys know that I'm traveling a ton. We moved different states. How do I keep up with that with my wardrobe? Well, here's the trick. I don't really have a lot of clothes. I have some basics and the rest of it, I rent from Rent the Runway. It's the best way to keep up with the styles, the seasons, everything that you could possibly need, any events that you need to go to. I don't have to worry about lugging all that stuff with me. I just rent it and have it sent to whatever location I'm in. But it's not just for travel. I did it all the time too before we were traveling and it's just a great way to make myself feel better. You know, who wants to be in an outfit that you don't even feel comfortable in, you don't like the way that you look? Rent the Runway lets you mix up your styles as often as you want. You can choose from 700 designers. I've found designers that I hadn't even heard of that now are some of my favorites. And the absolute best feature, free shipping and dry cleaning. Amazing to not have to worry about that whatsoever. And that's a huge savings for both financially and with time. There's exclusive discounts that you get all the time and you can pause or cancel at any time. They have several different plans that fit your needs. So you can pick how often you think you're going to be wanting styles or how many styles you're going to need per month. Right now until the end of January is a special offer that they have 50% off two months of Rent the Runway membership. My code RVR Gianna can help get you 50% off of two months. They have memberships that are starting as low as $45. Great way to try out Rent the Runway, try new trends to spice up that wardrobe in the new year. This offer lasts until January 31st. So log on and act now with code RVR Gianna. So I do want to get to some questions from my audience. When I had posted that I was going to be talking with you. I got a lot of feedback. I also have a lot of people who are interested in talking with you. One of the first questions we had here is how long does it take for the soul to transition to the other side? I do not have an answer for that. Okay. Because I think we have to pull away from Hollywood's answers. Right. Or we just have to. I don't know. There isn't a soul that I missed. And I'm only saying that because some people think that you can't contact a soul that's just gone over to the other side because they won't be achievable. And I don't feel that way at all. Sometimes there's souls that I connect to that are still here that are transitioning. So I think that if we're in tune with those, whether they're in hospice or you're bedside with them, that uh, you can actually see the soul leaving the body, but it doesn't mean anything. Like it's literally not going to heaven because I think it's heaven on earth. I think yeah. that they can be in your houses. I think that they can be 
all around you. So I'm not putting them in a particular real estate. I'm not doing that. We just talked about this with Betty White, you know, her passing. And um, I think it was her assistant had confirmed that her last words were Alan, oh. which was her uh, past husband's name who died in like 1980s. And she, you know, was so devoted to him ever since. And I was, I had kind of said like, is that because she was starting to cross over and did she see him? Like, is that kind of, can it work that way? Yes, most definitely, because that's what happens. Um, if you talk to hospice nurses who help people transition, anybody that's trying to do that, you'll see that they are seeing their souls, their family on the other side. And they'll usually call them out by name and those types of situations, which is why some people are fearful about having dreams about the loved ones on the other side because they think that they're coming to get them. Oh, geez. Right? So, but it's not that. Like, so let's dispel... A public service announcement. That's not why it's happening. You know, why yeah. it happens is because you're more vulnerable at night. You're not overthinking. So you're more approachable and you're probably asking for it at some level. Like I would like to have that connection and they come to us when we need them. So they're probably supplying us with like really beautiful energy. If we open ourselves up to that, that's why it happens. So I can certainly say that they're not coming for you to take you to the other side, because I do have yeah. dreams of my dead loved ones all the time and I'm still here. So I'm living proof <laughs> that's not, not the case. Living proof, um, good words. Yes, <laughs> there we, right? So next question, if someone doesn't come through, how long should you wait to try again or what's happening there for them to not be coming through to you? And quite honestly, somebody else did ask this, but I have had this question in my head too. And that's why I was a little emotional, I'd say on Sunday, because I wanted to connect with a friend of mine who had passed in April. And this is now like the second time that I've been in like a medium presence like this, where I've, I haven't heard anything from him. The predominance of your father is always yeah. going to take over. And I think you know that. I knew it. <laughs> So David is on the outskirts so that you will connect to him on your own. You have to make that happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make room in a channel from your dad for David. Okay. For sure. But I would imagine that if your friend didn't come through, then that's because it's going to come to you exclusively. So there, there have been times and like there was in this session too, on Saturday, where you said to somebody that you were speaking to, like, and is there a David in the family? And the person said, no. Oh, right. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if that's him. Yes. Because Remember I could I see him. I could see him being a skeptic to all of this and being like, I'm oh. not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then when he's realizing that he's about to lose his, his opportunity, I could see him being like, all right, Elaine, just tell her I said, what up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but remember I say in the beginning that if you hear the name of someone that you're asking for, just please let it be a multitasking message to you that they're here. Yeah. yeah. Good. I was wondering that though, that my dad is just so overbearing. I know that. And you know, the first time that I, I saw you in Longport, he, you said I was actually going to start with somebody else and this person just jumped right in. So oh, now really? I have to start here. And it was my was dad. Your dad? So yeah. So this time I said, will you please wait your turn? And sure enough, we were like the second to last. So, <laughs> so he waited. He, he actually, he was respectful this time, at least. <laughs> That's really funny. So what are you doing? You're orchestrating spirit. Okay. How about that? All right. All right. All right. Look at me. <laughs> 
Uh, next question. Someone sure. wanted to know, can loved ones hear us when we talk to them or do they know that we miss them and think of them? So right when you are asking that question, it used to be like an astrology question. It used to be a horror question. Like in the moment that you ask that question, you'll get your answer. So the next thing that you want to say when you ask the question, are you seeing me or whatever, show me a sign that you know you're hearing me or show me a sign that you heard me. Show me a sign that you're listening. Ask, be demanding. Okay. And are there specific signs that are easier to come through? Is it something that can be of your choosing or how's best to phrase that? I, I leave it open as a sign because I'm just an open person and I mm -hmm. let people determine what it is that they what want. What that sign is. Right. Yeah. Which is why I always say to people, you should never, never have me tell you what your signs are. You've got to keep that with your own loved ones. If they're mm -hmm. trying to give you new love language and that's what the signs are, it's a love language to let you know that they're there, then they will. So there's new things to look for. And whenever you say, oh, was that a sign? Like, so you get the sign and then we go, oh, was that really a sign? And a, yes, yes. Yeah. So yes. it's just being more accepting. Of course, there are the standard signs for those who are asking for this. Some more significant signs are when you see a sign with your loved one's name on it or your song comes on spontaneously in a place where it wouldn't normally, like those types of signs. I see my dad's name everywhere. Good. Like it's, it's crazy. The day of Christmas, I went to go log on to the Wi-Fi, and a Wi-Fi network was just called Gary. What was his name? Like bizarre. But it's not because here's the thing. It's not that crazy because you're getting a response to the question that you yeah. ask. Often there's always questions that you could ask and he might be the answer or something else will be the answer, but we're all, it's free. Yeah. You're, it's free. It's not something you have to pay for. I'm going to bounce around to another question because it is talking about signs. Why do people have so many of the same common signs like butterflies or coins? Many of us are generic and conservative. Okay. <laughs> but they can be in anything, right? So you're saying, and I've heard other mediums say this, that if you think it's a sign and you even have to question it, it is. So it's yes. not that signs only fit into these categories of these generic things. It really can be anything. Yes, because what the human spirit is trying to do is identify even politics, right? Like you are this, you are that. Don't put it into categories. Spirit is liberal mm. and spirit is non-literal. And we, even in medium groups, I want the name. I want the date of the birth. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say, mm -hmm. but it's all true. It's already right. So don't look at me and say, are you right? Or are you wrong? Like I'm already right. I don't care anymore. It's like to accept the messaging, but the way that people can't tells me how skeptical they are and literally trying to look for the signs. So that's why the generic nature of nature has to show up to them. The birds, yeah. the cardinals, the dimes and things like that. But it's still good because it's woo-woo to them, but it's Got not woo-woo. It. Yeah, woo-woo, I love that. <laughs> we talked about meditating a little bit earlier, but someone did ask, can meditating more make us more receptive to seeing the signs? No question about it. Think about it as plumbing and think about it as channels. And what happens is, is that the information through meditation, meditation is quieting down, empty vessel, empty mind. And you say you can't do it, but you can. Whether you have to listen to music 
or just listen to something, you just, you are quieting down more than you were before. Mm-hmm. You know, to what level, don't put that ahead of yourself in order to be successful. Just continue to practice like anything okay. else. So the point is, is that can that raise your frequency? Yes. When you lower yours with minutia, then you open up to a higher frequency oh. to hear nothing, which is even more than you were listening to before. And then you can hear something else. What a fascinating way to explain that. That makes so much sense now that you said it like that. Okay. Cool. Cool. Someone here says, I'm really nervous about getting a reading. How will I know if I'm ready to connect with my loved one? Every reading that I've ever had, 13,000 of them, nobody ever said I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what they do is they record every reading. So perhaps some of their readiness in their responses to me calms down after a while and they listen to it, but they listen to it. So if you're thinking that you want one, then you're ready. Mm. Oh, good question. Yeah. I mean, what else should we know about this world from you? What, like, do you have a message for people who are feeling so lost in their grief and feeling like their loved one is completely gone? I mean, you're saying, you know, that spirits are living on forever. Like, what can you say to those people? I always take it to an extreme because an extreme to me is when you lose a child. And I work with the organization helping parents heal because you know, it's, it's a crazy feeling to be in front of like 300 people and offering messages to 10%. Mm -hmm. Cause it doesn't, I I know it helps, but it's an overwhelming feeling. But what I've noticed with these people in using mediums is that they actually look different. They look like life is flowing through them. And this is not about looking that way. It's about feeling that way. So it ends up being a decision on that person's part, the grieving person, whether it's a child or a partner or a dog or anything, that when you're ready to not feel as bad as you're feeling, then you know that you're going to move on. Mm. It's like when they say when you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, it's the same thing, I think, with grieving that when you feel like you want a way out, you want to see a little bit of light instead of the darkness. When you start having those feelings, that tells you that you need to get help yeah. in discovering the journey of how to get yourself out of the darkness. And it may come from a lot of things. It might come from a massage. It might become from calling a friend. It might from having a dream. And, and that's the encouragement of the mediums because those that are gone don't want you to be in this sorrowful place. They mm-hmm. don't want that. Their life is going on and you're learning to live with them in an alternative kind of way, which is in your heart, which is so good for your heart, but not feeling sad because when you know that they're at peace and all they want is you to be at peace because you're still living. So there may be more purpose to your life Mm -hmm. that you didn't discover yet, that that's what you go towards, go towards the light to discover what it is that you should be doing. And even if it's your, your an elder and you're at the end of your own life, I still say that people don't want you to suffer that are living. So if you're a really good grandma or grandfather or something like that, they only want to make you happier. They're dancing around with their grandchildren just just to make you happier. And the thing is, is that the only person that can really do that is yourself. So if that person's asking that question, when and how, whatever, you're going to know, but you do need to get help. That is very powerful. I, first of all, I preach about getting help on here 
all the time. I always say therapy has changed my life. I love having guests on here that talk about their experience with therapy or doing something for their mind, body, and soul. Like we've talked about, it's so important and it really is in this whole journey. And it's not about getting better so you can be whoever for anybody else, but for your own self, because if we've learned anything from grief is that life is so precious. We don't know what is promised. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And we're supposed right. to be here to experience right. the best that life has to offer. I, I think what I just wanted to say too is I wanted to thank you for what you do because through mediums, I've really been able to confirm that there is a life after death and that I will see my dad again. I will see my mother-in-law again. I will see my friend again. We will be together again. And you know, while that may be 40 more years, which in itself is crazy and painful, but it's not as painful as never. It's not as painful as he's completely gone and that's it. And there's no way that I would see him or his spirit has just disappeared. So right. I am hoping that a conversation like this will bring my audience to that realization as well, that they're not gone. They're, they're still there. They're so much a part of your life. They're around, you can communicate with them and if you need a little help, then you call on Elaine and she will help you. <laughs> so tell the audience where they can get in touch with you if that's what they'd like to do. Sure, and I'm gonna give it right back to you that you found hope. So faith gets you there. And thank you for paving that way for many people who are asking you for help too, right? Thank you. Moving forward, there's lots of ways that you can participate in this um, stream of consciousness. For me, on my website, which is elaineportner.com, A-L-A-I-N-E-P-O-R-T-N-E-R.com, that there's meditations that uh, guide you into meeting your own loved ones, which is Ooh. great. And there's also mindfulness classes that we have once a month, which is meditation and then messaging. And then there's groups that you can join that are more affordable to participate in ensuring that you're getting a message. It's like groups of six people. Mm -hmm. So it can be any six, it's public, it's online, so you can be anywhere. And the one other thing that I just wanted to mention that has been phenomenal uh, because of all these uh, isolation and quarantining and COVID's put us back is that you can reach to your relatives from different locations, right? So I'll meet with families that are all over the globe who are reaching to their family, which is for argument's sake. Oh, yeah. Location. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. They have Zoom in heaven. How cool. Right. Exactly yeah. right. So it's important because I did never have done this much online dialogue and it's amazing. And I'm so grateful to understand that, that we're all exploring and expanding our minds and that's what it, all that it can be and meeting our families again. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh my sure. God. That, okay. So awesome. Thank you so Paradise. much. Yeah, I know. Thanks for welcoming <laughs> me. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at so sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, leave that five-star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of so sorry for your loss. So stay tuned. <laughs>